In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 110th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, today we're going to look at a free agency, take a big look at it since Ty Sambrello was signed on Tuesday. Uh, we have a list of everybody who's gone, so far who's staying, and you know a review of the three big issues, and uh, then just a look at the uh, stay or go list of free agents uh, that the Falcons are trying to deal with here now before they head up to the Combine next week on Tuesday. Then we'll look ahead to the combine uh, when the players arrive and so forth and kind of what they're going through. And then we uh, we took a poll on the Sembrello signing and we'll share that with you here at the end. And we're going to hear a lot about the measurables and the heights and weights and hand sizes and Tyler Murray if he's 5'9 and so forth from uh, over the next couple days, uh, certainly over next week. But we uh, caught an interview with our guy, Ron Wolf, the former general manager of the Green Bay Packers when we covered, I covered the team up there. And he was always uh, very kind to the media and took our questions daily right around 4 o'clock. You had to call, have your questions. And, uh, you know, he wasn't expansive at times, but he did answer your questions every day on uh, the team's transactions and what was going on. And he was always... Uh, you know, very forthright guy who uh, went into the Hall of Fame on the 2015 class in Canton, Ohio, but one of the great general managers. And he offered up some thoughts on a recent interview on NFL Sirius with uh, Howard Balzer and James Lofton that I want to share with you guys. And, you know, I've heard him before in person, uh, but it was good to see he's still true to the game and uh, what is uh, measurables for the game and what are good measurables and how his theory of uh, football still prevails today in some circles with some modifications. Let's go to free agency. Ty Sambrillo, you know, he started the last four games, played some uh, right tackle and left guard for the Falcons. They wanted to uh, see see how he played. He looked good in run blocking there. Uh, certainly got after it. It was definitely athletic. You could see why he went in the second round to Denver a few years back. Uh, struggled early in his career. They tried to play him right away. He wasn't a plug-and-play guy, but here, you know, he was able to get his feet under him here in Atlanta. And now it looks like 
going into next season, he'll be ready to compete or take over one of these starting jobs. You know, uh, right tackle was a problem spot last season. It wasn't one of the spots that Coach Quinn said he had confidence in, and Ryan Schrader dropped off a little bit. But, you know, they gave him a contract. It'd be too much to cut him, but uh, uh, certainly can, you know, Ty's trying to look to move up to be the you move up from the swing tackle spot to likely the starting right guard spot. And, uh, you know, they still, excuse me, right tackle spot. So guard is still an issue here in Atlanta. So that was good. They're going to start trying to clear off some of the the um, contracts of guys that they want. And they're coming up with some deals here. Uh, but the big one here, you know, big questions for the Falcons this offseason. It looks like they're working backwards, taking care of the obvious stuff and some of the smaller deals, while the big ones are, are going down the track at their own pace. And, of course, those are, you know, Grady Jarrett's deal. What's his market value? We've seen the projections uh, uh, anywhere from 76 to $82 million over five years is market value. Uh, we'll see. If the Falcons going to try to pay that? Of course, Grady Phil, you know, he he uh, had the first round grade by some people, but didn't go to the fifth round. That cost him uh, some money. But now he's uh, got an opportunity to make it up. Whether they give him the franchise tag which projected to be about 14.5, or they get the long-term deal worked out. Julio Jones' uh, extension, they told him last season they'd do something. Now we'll see uh, exactly what that is going to look like for Julio. And the uh, big one the fans are talking about is uh, the fans are talking about Big Beasley's $12.8 million like it's their money. Uh, but, you know, that was his fifth-year option. You know, you certainly can give him that. Or you can do a four-year deal at, you know, $40 million and uh, give him the twelve up front, spread it out over three years. And Laura's cap number, which, you know, that's something that'll help out uh, Vic's getting his money, what he thought he was going to get. Then you have to earn the, the back end of the deal uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, he's played hard. I know the sack numbers aren't what people thought from the eighth pick overall, but uh, you can look for something to happen there. Those are the three big issues. Now let's go and review who's gone already. Robert Alford, he's gone. Brooks Reed, Brian Poole, and Matt Bryant. Of course, Matt Bryant is uh, the kicker. A lot of fans reacted negatively to his release at 44. But you had to see that one coming from 10 miles away when they kept two kickers on the roster. And they tried to kick him out of his range a, a couple times last year. Know that um, Coach Smith wouldn't go for 50 for anything uh, outside of the 35. But we saw where Coach Quinn wanted to be more aggressive and, and have the guy kick 56, 57 yarders when you know his comfortable swing range is 52. Yeah, he can make 59 in practice and in warm ups and all that, but. There's a reason why, you know, he chipped, chopped five uh, yards off of that. And certainly at getting up there in 44, uh, you know, you can save some money at that position. They elected to do that. 
And uh, Giorgio Tavecchio will be the kicker moving forward. Cornerback-wise, for offer, you're going to see Isaiah Oliver in there and uh, DeMonte Casey at nickelback for the Falcons. Uh, Coach talked about that at the end of the season. And Brooks Reed, he was, uh, you know, he was a good Falcon, stout, didn't do, uh, you know, didn't make a lot of splash plays, but you never saw him getting pushed around or, uh, you know, driven off the point of of attack. So, uh, but they decided to move on from him. And uh, go in another direction. The guys that are staying so far, in addition to Sambrello, uh, are Bruce Carter, reserve veteran linebacker. I'm sure that was a one-year vet minimum deal. Uh, Steven Means, a guy who's bounced around the league here, uh, played with Khalil Mack, former draft pick of Tampa Bay, been bouncing around since 13. That's why I don't like these new practice squad rules that keep guys around. Uh, I guess it's good money then and and, uh, and so forth, but uh, you know, some, some guys are you know, I hope they're getting on track towards the pension, or does he need four more years from 13 to, to get there? But yeah, uh, he's a guy that's been around on practice squads and uh, the roster. He made it in Philly towards the end of their Super Bowl run. Uh, wasn't active for the Super Bowl game, but played at uh, Buffalo with Khalil Mack, and the Falcons have signed him to a one year contract. Steven Means. Now there's a lot of business left to do. We gotta get emails out to all of these agents. We we just I was doing some Saturday. I got one out to Tevin Coleman's people trying to see if the Falcons are trying to figure that one out or they uh, reached the conclusion that we reached a long time ago that it's gonna be tough to sign it. But uh, Andy Levitre, it's the list of free agents. Guys that either they got to sign or uh, do something with before March the 13th. Left guard, Andy Levitre. Quarterback, Matt Schaub. Right guard. Left guard, Ben Garland. (coughs) Defensive end, Derek Shelby. Justin Bethel, special teamers. Uh, we like he's played zero snaps at cornerback, uh, but they tried to get him to teach Russell Gage, you know, some of the tricks of the special team trade. So we'll see if they that was money well spent and if they bring him back. Uh, Terrell McLean, defensive tackle. Uh, Bruce Irving, defensive end. Joe Kondo, the long snapper. Logan Paulson, the tight end. Kamal Ishmael, the linebacker. Jordan Richards, safety. Zane Beatles, the guard. Blindy Ray Wilson, the corner. Tevin Coleman, Justin Hardy, Grady Jarrett, Marvin Hall. In our staying or go uh, roster evaluations, we kind of went through all of these decisions here. So far, we're 100% on the projections. Uh, we uh, except for Bruce Carter, we said he deserved maybe a shot. We thought uh, Means and Sombrillo should be back. We knew Alfred was gone because of the contract situation. Uh, suggested moving on from Brooks Reed. Didn't think Brian Poole would be gone, gone. Uh, you know, and there's a report out there that they might bring him back. But I think 
once he hits the street, he won't make it back. Uh, and if he does, it'll be kind of like the Kamel Ishmael deal. You know, they thought the grass was greener on the other side of the fence. They got over there, and there wasn't anything better than what the Falcons had on the table. So we'll keep an eye on that. Matt Bryant's all signs are pointing to him landing in Tampa to solve their kicking problems. And uh, but you know he can't talk about it right now uh, during the period where it'd be considered tampering. So free Levitre, we don't we don't expect him. Shab Garland, uh, I could see Shelby maybe Bethel. I don't know if that experiment's over with or not. Uh, Terrell McClain, no. They need to try to come up with some money for Bruce Irvin. Uh, we see where they're trying to cut. Condo's gone. They signed Josh Harris to a extension last year. So that was uh, he was just a guy to help finish out the season for him. Uh, you know, as the long snapper. Logan Paulson's gone. They can get a better tight end to block in uh, free agency. Lance Kendricks is out there. Some names that have surfaced around here before. Kamar Ishmael is, uh, you know, they can probably draft a linebacker, uh, you know, to be the fifth or sixth linebacker or find somebody else. I know they liked him. I know Keith Armstrong liked him a lot. He wouldn't be unemployed long if he doesn't make it back here. Jordan Richards was a difficult one for me. They traded for him. You know, uh, I didn't think he was – I don't know. Um thought he did an okay job. It was really bad early on, but he kind of smoothed it out uh, as the season went. But they signed – they gave Sherrard Neesman a two-year deal, so he would be the third safety uh, right now. And then you got the uh, flexibility of Casey going back and forth. But uh, Jordan Richards, we'll see if uh, they bring him back or, find a, or he finds a home elsewhere. Same Beatles was the guy at home, you know uh, – Came in and actually had to play to help him out because the guards were so bad last year. Uh, veteran guy. Blendy Ray Wilson, he would be the sixth corner. But they got some corner openings now. Uh, we're figuring they're going to draft one for sure. Maybe trade, maybe uh, spend one some money in free agency or just bring back Betho and Blendy and have them be the uh, fourth that would be fifth and six. You still have a slot there at number number four corner, and that might be the drafted person. Okay, uh, Justin Hardy, uh, Marvin Hall, and Justin Hardy. You know, um, I don't. You know, they they were their returners. Didn't do much. The special teams guy would have to vouch for him uh, moving forward. Of course, Marvin Hall can get open deep. I like his speed. Uh, Hardy's a tough guy. You know, you can't have enough of those. So that's the picture here moving forward as we can kind of reset. Super Bowl's over. We'll get the Falcons back in full focus. Uh, heading up to uh, the Combine next week on Tuesday. And here's the schedule for the players. They arrive on Tuesday. Uh, the place kickers, special teams, and offensive linemen. Then on Wednesdays, the tight ends and two two groups of quarterbacks and wide receivers. They come in three groups each day. Then on Thursday, you have the defensive line, defensive line, two defensive line groups and the linebackers. I guess one group's the ends, one's the tackles. And then on Friday, you got two groups of DBs. 
which would be a mixture of the cornerbacks and safeties uh, on both other groups. Now, they come in on Tuesday, and they're there for four days, whether they come in on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And the Friday people, they work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday because the combine will go from Tuesday uh, through Monday. And what they do is uh, come in on the first day is hospital visits. They do all the physical work, and that's where, you know, the teams are watching to see how they treat the workers. And, uh, you know, you get a couple red flags out of there. Uh, Reuben Foster was the uh, where he went off on the hotel worker people. And, you know, if you come up there with bad behavior, they're not putting up with that. Uh, second day is your measurements. Third day, psych- psychological testing, NFL PA meeting, media, bench press, then interviews. So I don't know what they're calling media and interviews. This should be the same thing unless they did a media thing for their own NFL media and then interviews for the mass media that's going to be there. And then the fourth day, you work out and then depart. So that's your combine schedule for the the prospects 338. They'll roll them through there over that uh, you know six day period. And uh, on the field workouts for you people that like watching, uh, it's basically a track meet, uh, you know, and uh, they do pretty good rating-wise. <laughs> it starts on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, ESPN is doing some more. ABC is doing a wrap-up show. That's new. NFL Network has got all their folks up there, too. So uh, if you got a, you like watching the combine track meet, uh, you know, the 40-yard lift and the bench press and all those goodies, then, um, you know, it'll start on Friday and run through next Monday if you need to get your DVR set. So after Ty Sambrello was signed this morning, I put up one of those polls on Twitter. And uh, that's what we just heard beeping over there a little bit. Uh, You know, hey, do you like the signing of Ty Sambrello? The the responses were, yes, Ty's a stud. No, Ty's a dud. Get some guards. And what about Schrader? And this, uh, the folks were were not real happy with this one. Yes, only 11% voted yes. Ties are stood. 37% voted no. Ties a dud. And 40% voted get some guards. Okay, and then lastly, 12%. What about Schrader? The Valdosta State tackle has been starting there. He's uh, kind of first made his appearance in 13. Kind of know he might be going to guard. He talked about uh, uh, Garrett Reynolds being a big tackle that moved to guard. And Tyson Clavo started at guard and ended up at right tackle. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that over the offseason here. And we're going to close here with uh, some some words of wisdom from former GM of the Green Bay Packers, Ron Wolf. Uh, you know, he worked around the league, did some time in Tampa, Oakland, the Jets, uh, but went into the Hall of Fame in 2015. And so we're talking about measurables. They were talking about uh, uh, Howard Balzer brought up to the story about Jim Fink saying, uh, you know, if, if Michael Singletary was six foot, he would have. He would have went in the first round. 
And uh, Howard looked it up and saw that, well, he was five foot eleven and a half. So he went in the second, went to on to be a Hall of Famer, and the rest is history. But he was asking Ron if, you know, are you seeing teams put less and less emphasis on these uh, heights and weights, which will be, we're going to hear a lot about Kyler Murray being 5'9 or 5'10, or if he doesn't have a size 9 hands, he can't throw the ball in the cold. And we're going to hear a lot of those measurables and old football idioms over the next couple of weeks. And Ron Wolf said, yeah, you know, he got it from Tom Landry. He's like, if you make too many exceptions, you'll have a team of exceptions. And so, you know, you know, you got to stay true to your measurables and your uh, board uh, with regards to the heights and weights and speeds and so forth. And the three-cone drill is a big one that a lot of guys kick themselves out on or, you know, that ability to turn. And uh, in short spaces is what they're looking for out of that drill. And Ron Wolf also added that, hey, it takes big people to play the game. And if you look at those old Packer lines, you didn't see anybody under 6'5 and nobody under 300 pounds. That defense was huge. <clears throat> Reggie White and Sean Jones were the both ends at 6'5 and 6'6. And you had to push up the middle from Gilbert Brown and Santana Dotson. So they, they knew exactly how Fritz Shermer wanted to play. And he said, big people play the game. So they went big, and they go big, and it's a lot of his disciples around the league now. Reggie McKenzie resurfacing in Miami. You got John Dorsey in Cleveland. Uh, You know, and you got other guys, John Snyder out in Seattle. These guys have all been taught this uh, big people strategy, and you see it in the trenches. And I only uh, bring it up because the Falcons – need to get stouter in the trenches. They need to win at the line of scrimmage. They need to get more pressure on the quarterbacks. They got all these fancy receivers and quarterbacks and so forth. But, hey, when they needed a yard in Super Bowl, they tried to pass and got cute. And they still been doing that. So we'll see if they uh, do a better job with the line here, with the measurables moving forward. Uh, you know, one stat I came up with last week was, hey, they gave up 44, 42 sacks and uh, 108 quarterback hits. That's a career high for Matt Ryan uh, last season. He still had good stats, but they weren't good enough to win in that five-game winning streak and so forth. So they, they weren't they weren't quality uh, stats or quality points uh, all the time. You know, when they needed something, they never got it. Like in the Pittsburgh game, they come out, uh, it's a close game. They need to go push it down their throat, and they couldn't do it. You know, in Cleveland, you know, they get in the red zone, need to push it in, they couldn't do it, uh, and so forth and so on. You know, the defense gave them up, you know, and, and the New Orleans and Cincinnati losses. Uh, get down on the goal line at Philly couldn't do it you know uh so so you know that was just a reoccurring theme and the other big stat that you know points into this measurables here is that the falcons were 31st of 32 teams in the league and stuff runs that's via 
football outsiders and the fine guys over there. Stuff runs are runs that go for zero yards or losses. So they had the second most in the league last year. And Tevin Coleman still somehow managed to average over four yards a carry. But folks got onto that outside zone and they were jumping it, shooting gaps and going right to the spot that they knew the Falcons were trying to overtake. And later on they started doing some inside zone to slow it up but uh, still led the league in stuff runs because uh, their cut blocking line wasn't able to hold up and get people uh, moving and on uh, moving their feet and all that kind of good stuff that we have saw uh, in the years past. So we'll see if they get the big people, stick to their measurables, and fix the offensive line. That's their number one priority for this offseason. So with that here, we're going to close with the 110th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Thanks for your time and have a great rest of the week. We'll hear with Coach Dan Quinn, Offensive Coordinator Dirk Cutter, and uh, new Special Teams Coordinator Ben Cutter. have to say for us today, come back to AJC.com for more information on the Falcons from this press conference that will be going on Wednesday at 12 noon in Flowery Branch. We'll hear from Dimitrov, Thomas Dimitrov, and Dan Quinn next week at the Combine. We'll be up there uh, for those reports and uh, uh, come back and uh, visit with us. Take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.